coming to you from beyond the veil, where anything is possible and nothing is beyond your reach, where time and space are figments of your imagination and life is but a dream. Bringing you the best and latest that human and non-human intelligence has to offer, this is Messages from the Multiverse with Ian R. Anderson, Certified Hypnotherapist. Hello everyone and thank you for joining us here at Hypnotropia in Encino, California for this episode of Messages from the Multiverse. We're going to be covering some really important concepts in this episode. First, I want to talk about gratitude. Gratitude is important not just because it's how we appreciate the people and things in our life which bring us joy, but it's also how we tell the universe what we would like to attract more of. I'm grateful for my family, my dog, my career in hypnotherapy which allows me to help others, and for the opportunity to speak to all of you through this podcast. It helps me make the world a better place and extends my reach beyond the one person at a time type of practice which I have in hypnotherapy to the ability to affect many people all at once. And it's 24 hours a day because once I post it online, anybody can listen to it and thousands of people can listen to it all at the same time, so I'm grateful for that. And being grateful makes it easier and more rewarding to be generous with our many advantages in life as well. Which brings me to the next topic I want to discuss, public service and charity. There are two organizations which I want to mention right now because they are part of my life and I'm grateful for their existence. One is kidsforlacougars.com. That's kids, the number four, lacougars.com. My daughter and her two friends have gotten together with another charity and their school to raise $29 million to build a wildlife crossing, a bridge, in L.A. County so the mountain lions, which are dying because they don't have either enough space or the ability to safely cross the freeways. Of course, mountain lions are not endangered yet, and they want to prevent them from becoming so. Unfortunately, there are only 19 mountain lions left in the Santa Monica Mountains. And because of inbreeding and the fact that the world's busiest freeways surround their habitat, these 19 cougars are in danger. Each mountain lion needs about 250 square miles as its habitat, and the Santa Monica Mountains only have about 200 square miles left. These animals need your help. Kids for LA Cougars, again that's the number 4, kids4lacougars.com, is asking everyone listening to pledge $10 and refer two friends to to pledge $10 by Earth Day. If we all do this, they can raise the $29 million in no time. And if you don't believe me, check out their website because all the math is broken down there. So that's kids4lacougars.com. $10. You probably spent more than that on lunch today. The next organization that I'd like to speak about is the FIDF, the Friends of the Israeli Defense Forces. I want to tell everybody about the upcoming FIDF Roaring Twenties Hollywood Gala, which is coming up in Los Angeles, that's on uh, March 12th. The FIDF has a young leadership group which is holding its ninth annual gala and silent auction. The gala is a fundraising event to help them with building their medical centers and providing scholarships and assistance to veterans of the IDF, as well as with supporting families of fallen soldiers. The FIDF does so much good that it's probably best if you hear it directly from them, so check out their website at FIDF.org. And to learn more about the FIDF Roaring Twenties 
Old Hollywood Gala and Silent Auction hosted on March 12th in a beautiful and historic Los Angeles venue. Visit FIDFYL.org. That's FIDFYL for Young Leadership.org. Hypnotropia has donated two packages of three hypnotherapy sessions to their silent auction, which also include a sleep and dream hypnosis CD. Now we can get into the topic for this episode of Messages from the Multiverse, which is past life regression. Past life regression is a hypnotic technique whereby you gain access, experientially, to potential past existences. This show will go beyond past lives, however, and into the time between lives, as well as future life progression and the possibility of parallel existences. This is the multiverse after all, and anything that can be conceived of is possible. Just like as JBS Haldane put it, the universe is not only queerer than we suppose, but queerer than we can suppose. If consciousness and spirit are eternal and infinite, as all the world's wisdom traditions insist, a soul split into a billion parallel copies of itself could live a billion different lives simultaneously and never be less than it originally was. This model of the multiverse would seem to suggest an information-based, almost virtual reality nature to the thing we call existence. I wonder what our guest would say about that. Let's find out. Our guest for this episode is Michelle Guzzi, certified hypnotherapist and neurolinguistic programming, or NLP, trainer. She is a motivational speaker with 25 years of experience in the field of behavior modification and is an expert in the field of past life regression. She has an established private practice in Tarzana, California at the Hypnosis Motivation Institute, where she's also a senior instructor. She is internationally known as the Mind Coach, specializing in helping people achieve their goals in personal, professional, and spiritual development. Like I said, she is on staff at the Hypnosis Motivation Institute College of Hypnotherapy, also as the Director of Admissions. In the media, Michelle is recognized on various TV shows as an expert in hypnosis and past life regression and has been a guest host for Fox, MTV, Sci-Fi, Tribune, and Oprah's own network, OWN. Michelle Guzzi expresses this conviction and her lifelong dedication to help others fulfill their dreams and reach their desired goals. Her belief is that all answers in life lie deep within our minds. We just have to be willing to look inside. Okay, we have Michelle Guzzi here today at Hypnotropia in Encino, California. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is um, going to be an interesting topic today. We're talking about past life regression. Michelle Guzzi is an expert and specialist on the subject. So we're going to just start right off by um, basically getting into your story a little bit. So um, why don't we just take a second and you can tell us about how you got into this topic and uh, what led you to a life, a lifetime and a career in this field. Well, thank you. So what's fascinating about the whole field of fast life regression and especially with me is that I grew up in Alaska. I grew up in Anchorage, Alaska and I did not grow up in a metaphysical family. It wasn't a spiritually based family. As a matter of fact, we grew up a little bit more Catholic and we were camping and fishing and doing the wildlife things. Um, I did not have any of the classes, energy healing classes or Reiki classes. I wasn't into yoga. I was more like a, you know, one of the boys. I grew up with all boys. And so I 
found out about hypnosis and past life regression when I was about nine years old. And one of my very good friends, her name was Kelly, um, we used to hang out a lot together. And back then, from what I kind of know now, we, it was almost like we had a spiritual connection mm -hmm. and a telepathic connection. And we used to sneak into her dad's library at the house, and one day we found some books on hypnosis and past life regressions. It was a metaphysical section or psychology section. And we took some of the books and we went back to my house and we started reading them. And we got it. We understood the whole process of being able to go back into a past life. We created an environment where it was conducive to do a past life. And for us, it was in my house, it was in a very small bathroom in the basement. There was no windows. And we would get our flashlights and our candles and put all the blankets and pillows that we could find down on the floor. And with the information in the book, we also figured out how to do inductions, hypnotic inductions. Mm. And for me, uh, the best way for me to do it is I would sit down on the floor and cross my legs and sit with my back against the door. And I would have my friend Kelly just lie down on the blankets, put her head on a pillow in my lap, and I would just rock her head back and forth. And I would count from 100 down to zero. I created an induction. And by the time we got down to zero, we would be entering uh, a past life regression. And we got to the point where we were so good at it that we could see things as if we were associated into the past life. It was through our own eyes. We could feel things. We could experience it. We also could do it to where it was like a movie and we could observe it from the outside. Uh, it was in color. It was fully detailed from names and places and locations. But what is so cool about the process is that at nine years old, being fourth grade, we did not grow up with the internet. We did not grow up going to the movies all the time. We very rarely watched TV. So the information that we were getting in our past lives would be stuff that we would have known in the history books. However, we didn't study most of the stuff in the history books. Mm -hmm. We would get the details and what we started to do was go to the library ourselves. And after we would have the past lives, we wrote everything down. We would have journals and diaries of the detailed information and then research it and look it up. And we were floored as to what we were seeing was actually recorded already at a point in history. Mm -hmm. And we could go back thousands of years. I know for, for me, um, I was very into the Egyptian time. I was very into Native American and working with the Indians. As a matter of fact, I tell people for Halloween, that's all I would be, would be Cleopatra, uh, an Indian, and then also uh, a witch. And not the witches that you see in the horror movies, but healers. Mm -hmm. And I was attracted to that. And But then we started going to school, and we didn't tell anybody in the beginning, but then we would go to classes, and the teacher would be saying stuff in class about history, and we would raise our hands and we'd say, that's not really what happened. And then the teacher's like, oh, how do you know? And I'd say, well, I was there. I was hanging out with Cleopatra. So we were in the principal's office every other day. But we did that for quite a long time. And then I moved out here when I was about 19. And the whole world opened up to me because in Los Angeles, the metaphysical healing capital of, of the world here, we got into Reiki classes energy healing, chakra balancing. Mm -hmm. I found out about the Hypnosis Institute when I was about 23, 24. 
but it was when Shirley MacLaine was huge and out on the limb and you know everybody was in a, a spiritual movement and so it was much more accepted what I was doing in Alaska out here and I was just on a roll with it. Okay so uh, since there's kind of a difference between med meditation and going into a past life yourself mm -hmm. and then being guided into a past life through a past life regression can you describe a little bit what a past life regression is specifically what it entails what the experience is like so quite often we actually go into past life experiences some people call them deja vus or maybe you go travel i know you travel a lot and you go to a certain town or a certain place or a certain country and you may have had a feeling that you've been there before mm -hmm. or you kind of understand the language or you know where that one road leads and that's a natural state of past life regression that anybody can channel and do. Uh, with a hypnotherapist, we're able to access those states a little bit deeper and easier because you don't have to think. You just allow us to guide you. We know the questions to ask. We're able to take the information that you are saying and then move in the appropriate direction. Because our goal is to get as much information about that past life as possible. Um, some people call it a very deep meditative state. It's actually a very focused, aware state, even though the body's relaxed. And we want you to be consciously aware, but subconsciously so in tune with yourself that it just flows easily and naturally. You know, meditation, from what I know of it, meditation is where you just go in and kind of quiet the mind and the soul, and it's you becoming one with yourself mm -hmm. without the questions of who am I, where am I coming from. But past life is very active. And interactive then. You are guiding and then also collecting information from the client. So they're speaking to you, mm -hmm. you're speaking to them, and it's something that is going to kind of follow a logical kind of storyline, or are they... Is it kind of uncontrolled and, and chaotic from, from time to time? How does that work? Mm -hmm. uh, both ways. Okay. So sometimes we can have what we call cluster lifetimes coming in to mm -hmm. where the client may start seeing, for example, you know, Egyptian pyramids and then they're seeing a teepee and now they're seeing a cave mm -hmm. where many lifetimes are trying to come in at the same time, which can be confusing to people who don't know the process. It's just your subconscious becomes so open that it wants to reveal all the different experiences that you've had and you're seeing too much and so what I can do is have you pick one of those images or one of those uh, states of knowing and we just go down that path because I can go to as many past lives as you want to in a session mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be just one um, and another time what happens is that your clients may go in and they're expecting it to be from beginning to end like a movie where they start off, they're so expecting to see that, okay, I'm born, and then this is what happens, and this is what happens. Right. But what normally takes place is that when people drop into a past life, for me, the experience, what I like to do is have you look at the form of who you are. Because you may be human, you may be animal. I've had other people be not from this earth. Mm -hmm. I've had people become aliens or actually plant life it's called mm -hmm. transmigration. But if you can look down at your form and we start with who you are and then we can expand out into where you are into the environment and whatever comes to you is 
the path that I go down. So you may be 40 years old at the moment we enter a past life, and then I can go forward or backward into significant events and experiences so you can gather everything about that lifetime as possible. So there's no one way of doing it. There's no direct way of doing it. Uh, there's so many books out there that say, okay, this is the only style of it. But I just let my clients go in and I follow your lead. Okay. I literally follow your lead with whatever you see, hear, feel, or have a sense of. Okay. And the physical experience or the, the uh, interpretation of the information that's coming through that seems like a physical experience, are they, are they held within the body or can they project their consciousness outside of their body to look at directly at their own face? Mm -hmm. Are they limited by anything like that, mm -hmm. by what we would consider in normal physical life, the laws of physics, or, or can they kind of be flexible with those? It's all about flexibility. So before a client goes into the hypnosis state, I also, I, I also want to explain to them exactly what you said, the different dynamics and levels. So we may go into hypnosis and into a past life where it's a very deep somnambulist state and you are seen through your eyes as that person or animal in that past life. You feel what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. So you become that experience. It is you. So that's a very associated state. Mm -hmm. And then some people choose to experience it more as that observer so they're dissociated. You can also go in and out of those states within that past life. Okay. So you may go in and experience all of a sudden looking down at your body and you're seeing something and you're feeling something and then you may step out of your body and then look at yourself and get different points of view. Sometimes I also have clients rise up above the whole process mm -hmm. as if you're looking down or like you're a fly on the wall. Mm. So it really depends on how comfortable you are and how, how safe you're feeling in that moment. Um, but not everybody can go down into that deepest level to where they are speaking that language because I've had clients all of a sudden speak different languages and have dialect and write in hieroglyphics and that's not who they are. Mm -hmm. you know, they don't speak French in this lifetime, but they're speaking right. fluent French in hypnosis. So for me, there's no concept of time or space, that your body is just a vessel. And I also say to the client, we are working with your spirit, your energy, and your soul. And they get to pick which one sounds right and feels right to them. Because mm -hmm. not everybody likes to use the word soul. Right. Um, people are very comfortable with energy um, and they may be a little bit more comfortable with spirit so I just combine all of it your essence your presence of who you are your energetic cellular energy mm -hmm. is just within this body at this time but it can travel through time and space and go anywhere and do anything that it wants okay so is there a particular uh, type of person that seems to be more interested in past life regression or is it something that that anybody can experience? Um, what what's that what does that tend to attract the, the type of people who seem to be most interested I, in it? I literally have all types of people coming to me from young to you know elderly people who just want to find out you know, what's going on physically in their body or what's happening in their life. Um, Usually the people that find the process the easiest would be somebody who 
is into yoga or maybe does metaphysics or um, does energy work and it's, that's so it's just natural for them I'm not saying that's perfect type of client mm -hmm. but they're they're open to it uh, but I have had clients come in that have never done hypnosis before have no clue what it even is and have had the most profound past life experiences because they don't have any concept of it and they just allow their mind and body just to go and it's like for them going to a movie for the first time and just saying all right mm -hmm. everything's open I, I'm open to seeing hearing whatever comes my way and they have a lot of fun with it and go with it I've also had some people who know what it is and understand past lives but are just so not ready to have the information be revealed that they block the process mm -hmm. and then nothing happens so I, I can't make you have a past life regression my my belief is is if you can come in and be so open and just curious with whatever you see mm -hmm. I don't care if it's dinosaurs and you're seeing pizza we, we go with it right you may just see colors then we go with the colors what does the color sound like feel like can you touch the color um, and if you have that open curiosity then more information is going to be revealed and it's going to be safer if you come in and you try to analyze it to death mm -hmm. and you're just too conscious and you say well that's not possible to have those color shoes in the 1820s mm -hmm. then it's not going to work because it's not it's not you know it's not a logical process where we say okay 1800s here's the type of clothing you wear these are the cars that you drove if you had cars back then this is the house you would live in because the mind doesn't work like that it right. works in symbols yeah. and like we were talking about you may have a couple different past lives coming in and so the symbol that you're seeing isn't going to make sense because you don't have the teepees in the Egyptian time with the black leather patent shoes mm -hmm. so we have to be able to be open and curious and just flow with whatever happens and then it unfolds and it really reveals itself if you just relax into the process yeah it's, it's kind of like remote viewing in that sense yes. that the mm -hmm. conscious mind when it tries to interpret too much mm -hmm. can kind of uh, it can hinder the actual flow of the information and taint the um, the purity of the of what's coming through is that mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. okay. I, I think people want it to be sometimes so real and they want to have exact information uh -huh. that they get nervous with it with mm -hmm. that perfectionism and they try too hard okay. they try too hard to see or feel or hear something right and that keeps them too conscious then takes right? them, keeps them way too conscious and then it's not going to be able to work as effectively with them mm -hmm. if you went to a movie and you analyzed everything that they did every scene and every article of clothing and why they did that line and why they stood in that place you're not going to have any fun in the movie yeah so i just say come come have fun see what happens mm -hmm. literally relax and have fun with me okay so you started doing this at nine years old mm -hmm. so um can can any age person have a past life experience sure. i know that uh, that dr ian stevenson at um i think it was penn state some university in philadelphia mm -hmm. he uh he was um studying children who had past life experiences and they were going all over the world and confirming, tracking down these um, families that these kids claim to be from and going to the towns where they said that they lived in their previous lives. So is, does it seem like 
children have an easier time going into a past life regression? Or does it, is it really just dependent on the individual person completely? I, I think it does depend, but honestly, children go into everything easier. Mm. You know, they don't have the misconceptions. They don't have the fears. Mm -hmm. When we're growing up as a child, we have no problem saying, Ooh, Mommy, look at that lady with the big yellow hat on, and we say it out loud in church. Right. Because we don't have that veil there, mm -hmm. you know. So kids, smaller children, naturally go into past lives, and they go into it all day long. They are seeing things and hearing things and remembering stuff that's happened from previous lifetimes. And they actually talk to us about it, and they tell us. But we're the ones who say, oh, no, that's not possible, or what are you talking, what movie did you see? Mm -hmm. But they're actually having experiences being replayed in their mind. I love working with kids with past lives because they can go into hypnosis so quickly and so effectively. And because I believe in it and I'm open to it so much uh -huh. and I don't doubt anything that they're saying, that they just, it's almost like going on a you know fun roller coaster ride or going to Disneyland for them. They just open up and start telling you everything. Just let it flow. Huh? They just allow it to flow. And you know, for people who are listening, if you have young children and they're under the age of five, sometimes you can get past life information from them by asking them a very simple question, especially when they're kind of sleepy mm -hmm. or just waking up. And just ask your child, who were you before you were in this body? Who were you before? Mm -hmm. And sometimes automatically they just start saying, oh, I was your mommy before or I was working with lions before, or I remember I used to have really long, dark hair. Mm -hmm. I had one child used to say to her mom, I used to be the mommy before, and I used to give you the spankings. <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm the mommy. I know before, I was your mommy before. And she didn't get it, and then uh -huh. she came and talked to me. She said, well, what's happening? And I said, well, your child is talking about another lifetime where you shared that connection, and she was your mother, and you were the child. That must have been interesting for her to come just to terms little, with that. <laughs> just a little bit. A little freaked out with yeah. it. But, you know, she was open enough to at least hear it and then be able to ask her child more information. You know, kids are not stupid. Yeah. They know everything. They see everything. They literally feel everything. And it starts from, you know, even being in the womb. Mm -hmm. They know what's happening before they're born. Yeah. And when we talk about choosing to be born or not and people always ask me well why would we choose to come back and have another life and why would we choose to come back and you know be Hitler or be somebody who's a serial killer or, or a victim a victim or have cancer at an early age yeah. why would we choose that and in all of the work that I've done and just the spiritual people that I've talked to and done sessions with myself one of the main things they keep saying to me now over and over and over again is that our spirit or our energy comes back and wants to just have an experience. That's It's just an experience. Right. That there's no right or wrong, good or bad, positive or negative. There's really no good or evil. That it's just an experience like we're having right now. We're having an, an experience of doing this recording. Mm -hmm. You experience going to Disneyland. You experience, you know, having sushi. So we choose to have experiences in human form and in our life every second, all day long. So why couldn't our soul or our 
energy have those choices as well. And then people also ask me, well, you know, how, how could we be animal or how could we be alien if you said they're alien? And how could it, for a female now, how could we be a male? How does our energy do that? And then I just say, it's literally just energy. Right. And there's no male, female with energy. It's just molecules. It's just atoms. And if you want to get into, you know, the universal side of it, that we're literally, all of our energy is completely connected. Mm -hmm. That you have part of your energy, I have part of your energy. Because sometimes people come back to me and they say, well, hey, I went into hypnosis into a past life and I was hanging out with Cleopatra. Well, so was I. I was hanging out with Cleopatra too. How could we be the same people? Right. And even science says that our atoms and our molecular energy, it splits. Yeah. That there's not just one. We're a combination of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even the, even the religious way of looking and the spiritual way of looking at spirit says that the soul is eternal which would seem to imply that one soul could be multiplied mm-hmm. and split into any number of souls without making it less than it was before, mm-hmm. which would seem to uh, make it possible for one person in the past to be able to be two people at another time mm-hmm. or even to uh, you know, have, have multiple experiences going on parallel to each other which I know some people have reported as well, parallel existences. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned openness and curiosity being uh, one, of the, one of the factors in having a past life regression. Um, and, and that's also one of the motivators for why somebody would want a past life regression, just wanting to explore the possibility of it and curious about it. But what are some of the other benefits that come along with mm-hmm. it? Um, are there any therapeutic benefits of it? Mm-hmm. So... When people contact me for past life regressions, there's usually a handful of major things that they want to learn. Mm -hmm. If there's something physically going on with the body that they cannot figure out, or the doctor keeps saying, we don't know what's wrong with you, it's all in your head. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with you. But they continue to have the pain or the symptoms in there, and it's not going anywhere. So they may want to come in and do a past life and explore what has happened possibly in a previous life that that energy is still attached to them and it's manifesting now in this current life so for example i had a client who used to have just a really bad pain in the right side of his neck even went in and had surgery to figure out what was happening Mm -hmm. and there was nothing wrong with him doctors could not find anything wrong but even after surgery the pain was still there and in a past life he went to a time where it was the Civil War and he was stabbed in the neck by a bayonet, which is one of those guns that have the knives on the end. Uh-huh. And he was stabbed in exactly that same place. And in the past life, he saw that that was how he died. And what was really strange and interesting is actually in the session, when he was in the past life, his neck started to swell up a little bit. I could literally see the change in his neck. and. When we have things experienced like that in a past life and we talk about them in hypnosis and then we come out of it, I always ask, well, you know, what was the lesson learned? What did you find out from that? And he just said, oh, that's just how I died before. And what's so fascinating is that a few days after, the pain was completely gone. 
So it can be physical. A lot of people want to know relationship connections. That's one of my favorite things to do. I yeah. want to know who you are, why we're talking right now today, who uh -huh. we were in a past life. You know, was it a soul group and so forth. So parental connections, children, partners, friendships, people you love in your life, people you hate in your life that you're not connecting with. Who were they in another lifetime? Fears and phobias are huge, uh, especially if there's no reason for you to have that fear in this life. You have a fear of water or drowning, but nothing's ever happened to you. Um, a fear of heights. So it could be mind, body, emotions, uh, spirit. And then some people are just, they, they just want to explore and just go in and have a good time and say, why are we even here on this planet? Yeah. Why are we here? Who am I? And what is my life purpose? So everybody gets something out of a past life regression mm -hmm. then, right? Mm -hmm. We tend to. Now, some people may not get a lot of details in the first session. Mm -hmm. So I like to tell my clients that, you know, come in and let's explore. Let's see what happens in the first session. We can always do follow-up sessions. I do recordings of the past life. I also have past life Future life, life in between life, soulmate connections, CDs, MP3s, where you can do it in the privacy of your own home. Some people need to practice a little bit before they come in and do a, a full session with me. Okay. Um, so you may get a little, you may get a lot, and just depends on where you are. If you come in and do a session, I always want you to eat a little bit before you come in, dress extremely comfortable, and come at a time during the day or at night that you feel that you're really up for it and your energy is in a good place. You worked you know, 16 hours that day and now you want to come in and do in a past life that night, it may not be as effective because you're just so tired right. mentally and physically. So be in a good space for it. Okay, so there are times then that it takes some conditioning before somebody will get into the, the past mm -hmm. life state. That's That's interesting because you mentioned how the world kind of conditions that past life uh, awareness out of children mm -hmm. and then in, in order for somebody as an adult to have that experience then sometimes we have to kind of condition them back into it is back that right into it yes huh. because we're not raised at least here in america we're not raised talking about reincarnation right we're not raised to do chakra balancing and look at the energy around people. We're not taught any of this stuff. It's not in the high school. It's not in the elementary school. We don't learn about telepathic communication. It's not until a little bit later that we stumble upon it and we're so fascinated with it. So it's not what we call a known association. This is not talk around the dinner table. Yeah. And so when people learn about it later and say, I want to experience it, your subconscious programming and your belief system is so sometimes against it and not for it because your parents didn't talk about it, your grandparents didn't talk about it, society and your culture and your religion's not talking about it. Mm -hmm. So for you to do something so different is going against everything you've ever learned and what you believe in. Now if we were raised in this environment, you know, there's many cultures who, of course, believe in reincarnation, you know, mm -hmm. and, and Buddhism and all of this. And they're like, of course we've been here thousands and thousands of times. Then it's easier for them. But we have to, as you know, clients, when we go in and experience new things, is put our past belief systems on hold, society belief systems on hold, parental belief systems on hold, 
and just say, hey, let me go to Disneyland in my mind and see what rides I can ride. Do you think that that is why, even after all of the evidence that's been collected with the um, the children who have you know reported things and then it's been mm-hmm. confirmed, or the people who have had an experience and said something that nobody knew until they went and researched the historical record, it, do you think that, that, that it not being a known association or a culture is why, even after all that proof, we still tend to act like it might not be real or, or it might not be true, it might just be something that the subconscious mind is creating or it might just be the, the imagination? I think that, and you probably would agree with me on this, that society as a whole lives in a fear state. Mm-hmm. That all we hear in the TV and the news is the negative things that are going on. Yeah. I mean, you turn on the news right now, there's not one positive story that's going to come up. You read the newspaper, you look at that on the internet news, not one positive thing. Right. That this is so not common, even though it is, that to be so aware of it and to embrace all of it means literally society as a whole has to completely change. Yeah. And we're not ready to do that. You know, society tends to conform to what everybody else is saying. If I said to you, okay, we're going to live in this little room for the rest of your life, and if everybody's doing it, well, we live in this little room. Mm-hmm. And if now somebody says, well, I want to go next door and live in the big room, well, nobody else is doing it. Mm-hmm. So if nobody else is going to go live in that big room, that's going to be far too you know, scarier to go do that. And for you to do it all by yourself, how is that going to affect your you know, basic instinct for survival? You can go live in that other room, but if nobody else is coming, no fun. And that, that other room might be awesome, too. You know, it might be so much better than the little room we live in, yet the fear would prevent us from even trying in a lot of, a lot of ways. Because what would people think? Uh-huh. What are they going to say about me? How is this going to affect my relationships and my family and my job? So we, 24-7, stay in a constant fear state of the what if and what will people think. Mm-hmm. So does it... Does it matter if the experience that a person is having is literally true or not or are they able to heal or you know progress or learn something regardless of whether it's literally true mm-hmm. and that is my favorite question for us today because people ask me so many times is this real or not mm-hmm. is hypnosis real or not is past life regression real or not and as a therapist, and I've been doing you know, hypnotherapy professionally for 25 years, and of course, you know, past life regressions for 40 years, that ages me, um, my answer is always this, it does not matter. It does not matter if it's real or not, or not because mm-hmm. it's just belief system. And if your belief system, when we go into hypnosis says, I just saw myself, you know, dancing with wolves out on a plane and I was a Native American Indian and I truly believe this is why I have such a connection with animals in this life. If this is what you believe and what you saw and it works for you, 
great. Because your subconscious is so powerful that it may give you symbols that really may not have happened. Mm -hmm. But it's what you need to see in order for you to release your fears, your issues, your pain, your insecurity, whatever else is going on in your life. I also know that your subconscious mind is so powerful that it can store everything that's literally ever happened to you. And they say that on a cellular level, we store all memories from the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. So is it real or not? doesn't matter to me. Is it working for you? That's all that I care about. How can we take the information that you received, however great or small, in your imagery, in your past life experience, and use it to your advantage now? How do we take it and move forward? Can I tell you the most fascinating past life regression I did was actually a few years ago on a good friend of mine. And he went back to the beginning of time. I've never had a client do that before. Wow. He was literally just an atom and went back to before the planets were created, before Earth was ever here. He was just matter. And he saw the creation of everything. I kept him in hypnosis for hours and I just started saying, you know, when he finally could talk, I'm like, what is it that you're experiencing and what is it that you see? And it kind of floored me what he said because he said, I just see code. Huh. And I said, what do you mean by code? He goes, do you remember the movie The Matrix? And I said, yes. He goes, that is all that I see. It is just code. And I had to go back and watch that movie, The Matrix, again. And just see the code, the numbers and the letters just running back and forth, up and down. And we, he came out of the whole state and the whole process. He kind of drew it and did a little diagram for me. He goes, that's what it is. I said, are you sure it's not just because what you saw in The Matrix? He goes, I don't know, maybe. But I really, I watched a few minutes of The Matrix and I didn't see the whole movie. I knew what was in it. He goes, but I didn't see the code scene. But this is what I saw in my hypnosis in past lives. And he said, we're all just code. I'm like, huh. Information. We're just literally information particles. Yeah. And we're part of all of that. Now, do we teach kids this in school, elementary school? Do we have a whole book on code that we say, okay, here you are. You're a number. No, it's not possible because that's not how we function. It's Our human minds aren't capable of understanding that you know at this level because society wouldn't be able to function right yeah we have a we have a, a need to keep business as usual kind of mm -hmm. moving forward otherwise everything would kind mm -hmm. of fall apart mm -hmm. that's um, that's one reason that change is so slow probably right because we're we're not only working against what society or the, the status quo and, and all that, but we also have survival as mm -hmm. a major factor in our existence, the, the need to survive, which kind of takes our attention away from some of the bigger issues from time to time mm -hmm. or from seeing that bigger picture. Um, you know, in, in the, the previous episode to this, we, uh, we talked a little bit about um, information and vibration and how, it, how fundamental it is to reality so um since this person you're talking about went all the way 
back to the beginning of time and, and had that experience. Uh, what are some of the other experiences that people have had that you've, that you've uh, heard or been a part of as the facilitator that seem to go beyond just the human scope of things? Mm-hmm. Um, some of the, the interesting past lives are when we go into the experience and like we were talking about, where they're not human. Mm-hmm. And sometimes clients go in and they are spirit. They're in between lives, that they're not in human form or in any form at all. Um, I've had clients go into uh, angelic realms and they're angels. Uh, I've had clients become animals, which is kind of fun. I had one guy become a wolf the other day didn't even know if he liked wolves. We didn't even talk about wolves in the hypnosis portion of it. But he went in and he manifested and it almost like a metamorphosis. He became a wolf in the session. His physical body literally almost became a wolf. If I closed my eyes, which I do quite often in the session, just so I can hear you on a different level, I would not have known that he was not a wolf if my eyes weren't closed. And, you know, you can speak, of course, you're not going to be talking wolf, you know, and making weird wolf sounds. But I'm going to let you do it for a little bit so you can hear it, and then I'll let you speak English now or come back and talk to me. And he was a wolf, and he talked about being in the wolf pack and what the the den was and all of that. So was he giving off some kind of wolf-like energy? It was an energy. energy. It was a whole energy. And I work a lot with animals as well. I do I have a nonprofit, you know, cat rescue organization, and I work in Africa with a lot of the big animals. And, and his whole presence and his whole energy was animal. It was wolf. That's really fascinating because here we are as human beings looking back into a, a previous or a potential previous life, previous existence yet the information that he's getting from that previous existence mm-hmm. now is altering his present existence having a physical effect like the guy with the neck that was swelling mm-hmm. um, this person is now becoming or, or radiating some kind of wolfness um, so so there's a there's a two-way shift a two-way flow of information him going back and experiencing this but now that wolf information or energy coming forward into him mm-hmm. and affecting even you in the room. You were even sensing the, the wolfness that was coming out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that mean? What does that mean about about who we are and, and what we're able to do? What's I that think all about? you know people need to know that what we see in the mirror is just just an image. It's not a reflection of everything about who we are on the deepest level. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember growing up, we used to also play this game. It was called Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. Yeah. You know, and we would go into a room where there's a mirror and we'd have a little candle and we would look into the mirror and, and see if images would take place. And now that I recognize it, I used to do this quite a bit and I used to have so many different images. My face would change 
into these images. It was no longer me in the mirror. And then I started recognizing that those were my past lives coming through. But not only past lives, I could actually talk to my spirit guides. Mm -hmm. I could talk to angels. I could talk to animal spirit and connections I had with that. Um, and anything that's in your belief system, God, God is all that there is. If you are connected with Jesus, you know, maybe that is on an energetic level who you might see or Buddha, but that's one way of looking at it. Have you not ever had an experience where you were talking to a friend or a family member or somebody and as you're talking, you literally see them change? Yeah, and I've, I've had the experience that you're talking about mm -hmm. with the mirror, too. Without, without being, you know, on drugs yeah. or drinking and just in a conscious state. Mm -hmm. I've had that happen quite a bit to where I've had to stop and, you know, blink my eyes and say, well, wait a minute, what's just happened here? And I've had experiences just with myself where I could be talking with some friends. This actually happened a little while ago. And it was late at night and we were just hanging out at the house and we were sitting on the couch and we were talking and but we were really really tired i forget we came back from you know a big activity that day and when we were talking all of a sudden we were in a different time and we were both talking almost in a different accent in different language patterns both of us in that time for about a minute and then we snapped out of it and we're like wait a minute what just happened where were we we weren't in my room anymore. We weren't on the couch anymore. We were in a different part of history. So that was strange. Yeah, that's a, a shared spiritual experience. Shared spiritual. And a really good mo movie for people to watch would be Cloud Atlas mm -hmm. with Halle Berry and Tom Hanks, yeah. where they're going through those different dimensions and seeing each other in these different times. Because science says there is no such thing as time or space. That everything is happening now. Mm -hmm. So this current experience we have right now, we're, we're having this together, but all of our past lives are also happening on different dimensions and in different existence you know, levels right now. So this is why we have the deja vus. This is why you go to a location in a different country and you know where that one road leads or you know what that one herb represents because it's already happening and it is happening. Yeah, one of the, one of the, the major premises that, um, that, that this show, that I created this show to explore and to um, prove in a sense, is that consciousness is not created by matter, but that matter and the experience of, the, of reality is actually created by consciousness and that consciousness is the fundamental force or the, the thing that unifies all other things in the universe um, so I, I think that uh, with with that being kind of a basic assumption that everything else is built on that would kind of you know that that would kind of lend to that that way of looking at the universe that mm -hmm. that there there can be all kinds of parallel realities going on because time and space is a creation of something that's non-material like consciousness mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. another way of looking at, at things is that we're only as good as science tells us right now or religion tells us right now or politics tells us how we're supposed to be and if you really break it down what was it the 1960s uh, we're going to the moon 
We didn't think that was possible. Mm -hmm. Before that, oh, don't take your Viking ship out, you know, on the seas and don't go too far because you're going to fall off the yeah. planet uh -huh. because the planet was flat. So all of the belief systems that we have right now today, I will guarantee will be completely different in 10 years and in 20 years and in 40 years and in 50 years. This is not going to be the same planet. It's just not. Yeah. You know, we're now doing 3D imagery, imaging, you know, printing. We can send, um, a, 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 what do you call it, um, a hammer up into the space shuttle right now just by printing it up there, and they can create a hammer out of nothing. So think Star Trek. Think about all the sci-fi movies that you see right now and start asking yourself when, not if, but when, is that going to be possible for us to do? Look at our computers, look at technology just in the past 50 years. I remember just a few years ago I had a little flip phone, my cute little yeah. cellular phone. And now look what the phones can do. I mean, they can tell you what's happening in your house. They can turn your car on and off. They can turn your lights on and off in your house. They can set yeah. your alarm system. So there's no limit to what's happening. And if we can get beyond, you know, that, that thinking that this is it, this is all there's going to be, and there's no way around it, and into just evolution in our processing and how our mind and body and spirit works, I think this is going to be a much more magical and fun planet to live on. And until that time, you know, we tend to stay stuck, and we tend to stay stuck with uh, how we think and feel about ourselves, and we sabotage, and we have resistance, and then we procrastinate with what we really want to have happen in our life. It's time for us to get unstuck, people. Let's get unstuck. Yeah. Hey, you just, um, you reminded me of something that, that was a major part of my life and way of looking at things when I was in college. My, my initial plan as a, a psychology major and I was a minor in physics was that I would get into studying consciousness, which is what I ended up doing in a different way through hypnosis and, and hypnotherapy and altered states of consciousness. Uh, but the, the reason was that I believed that through altered states of consciousness, through projecting our consciousness into these different realms that we were able to project ourselves into, we would be able to uh, make scientific breakthroughs um, by going beyond what we are limited by in the physical world. Now, you mentioned future life progression. Mm-hmm. Is it possible, do you think, that we might be able to facilitate the becoming unstuck by not sitting around and waiting for the world to change, but instead projecting ourselves into future existences and trying to bring back something of use, something of benefit to the world? Anything like that ever happened? I, I think so, and I think that's what... Some of our, you know, not so much the scientists, but some of the people who have invented such interesting technology, I think on an unconscious level or even in a dream state, that's what they're doing. They're future progressing. I have clients who come in and they want future progression, which means out of this life, out of this body, we move forward. What's the next lifetime that I'm going to be in? And I'm going to tell you right now, it's a completely different space and a completely different world. Uh, our air is different. Our vegetation is much more different. And, of course, transportation and communication. But I think people are doing that now. 
and they're able to transport and bring that information back to us, which is why, gosh, I don't know why things are so different in so many parts of the world. I mean, we still have people living in huts and yeah. uh, living, living in teepees and living in, you know, uh, dwellings that are back caveman time. Yeah. And why is that though? You know, why are we at one place in, in Los Angeles and then I go to Peru and I still have Native American um, indig indigenous tribes that are still living off the land and they've never seen a TV before and they've never seen a cell phone before. Yeah. But boy, we go into um, Vision Quest and Shaman Journeys. They are so far advanced in their thinking and their belief system that we ever are. I, I did one of those Vision Quests literally in Peru and the shaman at the time got uh, bit by a, a poisonous snake. Mm. And we're all having a panic attack because we're thinking that our shaman that said he's dead in five minutes. He didn't die. He went into trance. I didn't do anything. I didn't put him into hypnosis. Went into a deep trance and stopped the poison from going through his body. They called shamans from the other tribe to come work with them. They just did rich, uh, rituals and chants and hands-on energy healing. And within about 15, 20 minutes or so, as if it never happened. We would have been dead. For sure, yeah. And, and we would have been these dead. These are people that we... Uh, call primitive in our yeah, culture. and something's wrong with them. Yeah. Oh, they're less than us. Uh, especially, I work a lot with animals, and for me, my belief is that um, animals are at such a higher energetic plane that we can't even possibly comprehend. Mm -hmm. And they are such spiritual creatures, and they are here to help us and assist us. They're not our pets. Mm -hmm. They are part of who we are. They choose to come. They choose to go. But, you know, to watch that shaman and know what I know about the mind and the body and the experience with it, it blew my mind that he could go into that state, not accept that, that was a poisonous state, uh, snake and make a decision, I'm going to live and here's how I need to do it and here's what I'm going to tell my body and it's done. Yeah, so that, that kind of, uh, in a sense, shows how physical reality can be altered by consciousness mm -hmm. and that we are not just at the mercy of whatever happens to us. We have a lot more power and control if we can own our power. And, and if we can own our power, if we get, can get beyond what you hear in the news and mm -hmm. read in the newspaper of what just a few people are saying is right and wrong and good and bad and positive and negative. And if you can get out of that fear state, conscious fear state, and get into um, an everything is possible state, mm -hmm. you can do anything you set your mind to do. Great. Well, that that um, touches on another aspect of why I created the show, which was the idea of infinite possibilities, and that anything can be anything that can be conceived of or imagined can be achieved or mm -hmm. created. Mm -hmm. um, now you've done thousands of past life regressions and you've done them uh, with people from all over the world different cultures have you noticed or found um, that the experiences that are reported are independent of language culture religion 
um, etc. Do do people, regardless of where they come from and what their history is, report similar types of experiences? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They definitely do. Um, sometimes if I have a client come in who has such a vast cultural background and can speak different languages, they tend to be a little bit more open to the process because they're on a different learning learning level and a learning state. Um, but, but not so much. You know, I grew up in Alaska and, you know, like I said, I've, I've never actually been to Egypt. And growing up in Alaska, that's all I thought about was Cleopatra in Egyptian time. So where the heck does that come from? Because yeah. I wasn't trained in that. You know, we didn't have pyramids all over the house. So um, I don't think so. And really what happens is when people go into a past life, like we talked about, I'm just going to work with your belief system of what you think is supposed to happen or what you are ready to allow happen. And I just allow it to flow. I don't tell you where to go into a past life. I will only guide you into the space and then with whatever you reveal to me, I then ask questions based on that information only. So I'm not going to say to you, Ian, that's it. We're going to go back to you know Native American time and you're part of the Cherokee tribe. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. Yeah. So I will ask open-ended questions only. And you are in charge of what I call the movie of your mind. Well, that then seems to be, in my way of looking at it, the best evidence that there is something real to this. Mm-hmm. The fact that... Um, you know, that independent of culture and language or our histories that, that we would report um, similar experiences. Because, you know, with, um, with psychedelic states and hallucinations, those are um, largely, at least in, the, in the, the earlier stages of it, those are informed by what's in your mind, what you've seen, what you've experienced, etc. Um, but the deeper levels of trance states tend to go beyond that into a more universal type of experience. Now, mm-hmm. um, I have had a future life progression experience. And um, in, in my experience, I was on earth, but I was cultivating plants from another planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was growing these, these plants that gave, that produced light. They glowed. They had little bulb flowers on them that glowed. Mm-hmm. And I had a whole... I had a whole hill, kind of like grapevines on, on rolling hills. I had, I had hills of these plants growing in rows. And that's all I could see as far as I... As, that's all there was as far as I could see in, in all directions. And I was standing on this hill under the moonlight um, taking care of these plants. And um, that was one of the strangest experiences that I've ever had because it was um, it was during a just a, a meditation a kind of a guided thing that was going on and it, and it was very uh, spontaneous but I I knew what it was immediately uh, a, a future life experience um, so what, what other type of what other type of things have, have you had people experience that really surprised you that went beyond what um, would be considered like the standard past life regression you, you talked about going and people being animals and stuff like that mm-hmm. and you talked about the uh, the the life between lives, 
um, type of thing, which I'd like to get into also. Um, what seems to be like the most profound type of lesson or information or wisdom that people get from these types of things? Well, when I take you into especially past life regression, for me, like I said, it's like the movie of the mind and I have the remote control. So we can pause, we can fast forward, we can rewind. I will always take you through as much of that life as possible. I like to go to what I call significant events in that life. And I like to take you also to the end of the life, what we call the transition. I, I didn't do that for a long time and then people always wanted to know, well, how did I die? Mm -hmm. What happened at the end? And I thought it would be too scary, but now I let you experience the transition with it. And um, when when we go through and find out all of the information, the good, the bad, the, you know, and the ugly in that past life regression or the most amazing positive state, I just continue to say to you, you know, take what you need and let's move on. Because people sometimes think we can get stuck in hypnosis or mm -hmm. we can get stuck in that past life. Actually, I wish we could. There's some past lives I'd love to still be in right mm -hmm. now because it was just so incredible. But how can you, you know, take a little taste of that experience and then and move forward and through it? And when we go through the transition of the past life, you can actually experience, if you want to, just for a few seconds, your death. I had one guy who was afraid of deep water and did drown in a past life, and he wanted to drown for a moment. Mm. Now, uh, you ladies and gentlemen, you can't die in a hypnosis, you can't die in a past life. You may recognize the emotions and the physical feeling of it, but it's not really happening to you. Right. But he wanted to experience what it kind of felt like for water to go in his lungs for a few seconds. And then he wanted to, you know, rise above and be above the body and then become one with the water. I will also ask you at the end, what was the lesson that you needed to learn or the information that you gained from this? And the one client actually did a TV show with him because he had such a deep fear of, of water and, and so forth. He drowned as a female in the past life and he came back out and he said, it was an accident. It wasn't, wasn't my fault. It was just, we drowned. It was just an accident. And he let it go yeah. in, under hypnosis and then after we talked. And then I said, well, come and check with me in a few days or call me in a week or so and let me, what happened, let me know what happened. And he came back and he said, the, the fear is gone. The entire fear is gone. Now, with this guy, he actually found the date. He found the person's name of who he was in a past life. He looked up and did the research of it, which is really cool for me. Mm -hmm. Location, era, it was in the 1800s and it was when the first Model T cars, I think Fords came out. And he saw a picture of the car and he said, that is actually the car that I saw in my image. And he got as much information as possible. So for him, the experience was real and it did happen because he now had evidence that there was a person who was named this in this town, in this situation, because it was recorded in the newspaper. Uh -huh. And that blew him away. You know, so that's, yeah. that's the fun part of it, yeah. is that quite often we can go into past lives and get detailed, specific evidence to where you can say, that's what I saw. And at the other time, um, that this happens because we can get such clarity in a past life 
But what also may take place is that people will come back or say to me, well, how did I know that I didn't learn that in history class? Or how do I know I didn't see that on a TV show or the news or a movie? And now I, you know, I'm just going back into my memories and not so much into a past life memory. And I saw, for example, I had a guy who pretty sure thought he was like a gladiator in a past life. And we went into hypnosis and past lives. And sure enough, he was a gladiator. And then afterwards he said, well, I don't know if I believe that really happened because I saw the movie Gladiator a couple nights ago. So I think I just made up what was in the movie. And I said, yes, that could be possible. Or maybe the movie Gladiator came on to just kind of trigger your memories and show you that's who you were and made it easier for you to access that state. Right. That could, that might be why he was interested in seeing the movie in the first place. Mm Mm-hmm was that he had some past life connection to the experience of being a gladiator. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's really interesting. I, I think that um, the, in, in, the, in the case of the guy who, who experienced the drowning, um, that was a major resolution for him. He was able to release that fear of drowning. Um, is it possible then to be able to release the fear of death, which is something that is, it's really, really a strong fear that almost everybody has um, to some degree or another. And some people are so afraid of the, the uh, prospect of death that they can't even talk about it or think about it. Um, you know, we in our culture have turned death into a very clinical, uh, not very compassionate type of thing out of fear because we are so afraid of it um what have you uh what do you see as being some of the benefits of of that of past life regression with people who are either dying of say a a terminal illness somebody in hospice care or the people around them their family members um is it possible to work with these people to help alleviate some of that fear and um, have you ever done that? Have you ever experienced what it can do for somebody who's in the process of actually dying now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I've worked with a cancer patient a, a little while ago, and fourth stage cancer really was terminal, not quite that second, but they knew that they were going to probably be passing on, and they wanted to experience a past life. And for them, it was such a revelation that we do come back and we can come back and we can choose to have other experiences and that you know this is just a body it's just a vessel but your energy and your spirit and your soul does live on and for them it was it was free and it was actually they were able to embody the the cancer and the transitional part of it, they were much more comfortable with it. Family was having a hard time with it, but they were okay. They were okay. I've had quite a few near-death experiences as well. And even from a young child, I never really feared death because I have done so many past lives and I always have been open to saying, all right, I'm gonna come back again. Right. This time, actually, I was supposed to be a bird. I do not know what happened, a peregrine falcon to be exact. I thought I had that planned out and, you know, but it's just the, the death of the physical body. I think people, it's not so much the death they're afraid of, it's the pain yeah. of death and how they are going to die. 
you would probably you know agree or heard from your own clients that I'd rather just go in my sleep and not know about it or if I'm under surgery and under anesthetic I, I'd like to go that way and that would be a nice way to go but yeah, from what, from what I understand of, of it, uh, death is more painful for the people who are seeing it yes. than for the people who are experiencing it. I think that um, that's probably why we're able to relive our death in past life regression mm -hmm. without being in total abject terror and misery. Uh, because from, from what I've heard in the research that I've done, right up around that time where it starts to take place we disassociate from the pain and from mm -hmm. what's going on in our body mm -hmm. which is probably a gift of compassion from the higher spiritual order mm -hmm. I, I would think um, so since we're um, pretty close to running out of time I, I'd like to um, just you know hand the conversation over to you and let you um, say or, or, or talk about what you think are the most important aspects of this work and then also um, to give your website and any other um, information so that the listeners can uh, look you up and, and be able to um, you know follow through with um, you know finding more information out about you. Mm -hmm. Thank you Ian. So you can go to my website it's themindcoach.com the mind coach I'm the mind coach and my advice to listeners is this that there's no such thing as reality that our perception is what we project out and that we are so much more than just our mind and our body and our emotions we are energy we are pure energy and that we can experience so many different levels of this if we just open up our eyes and have good listening skills and really be in tune with what we're feeling from just a heart center that the people that you're meeting the experiences that you have in your life whether it's personal or professional these are experiences that you choose to have and that if we sometimes can go into the pain and embrace the pain it's going to change how it affects you. If you can embrace the difficulty of a relationship, it can change how it affects you. If you can embrace the financial fears and you know misconceptions that you have, then it can affect you in such a different way in your life. That there's no such thing as reality, it's just our perception. And hypnosis is a really fascinating technique of communication to work on a conscious and subconscious level. It's an avenue where you can communicate with yourself and be able to create that success, happiness and prosperity that you desire or that you deserve. Past life regression is the fun part of it to where we can kind of go to Disneyland in your mind and just play and see who you are and where do you come from and what is your life purpose because you do have a purpose and then I always say this that all answers lie deep within our mind we just have to be willing to look inside so as a behavioral therapist as a hypnotherapist I say you know try everything that you possibly can on this planet and just explore this life to the best of your ability hey, great advice I hope um, that everybody out there follows it 
it would have a uh, major liberating effect on you and your life and the people around you. Okay, so this has been Michelle Guzzi um, here at Hypnotropia in Encino, California. I want to thank you for coming on the show today, Messages from the Multiverse. Uh, thanks for sharing your wisdom, your expertise, and your knowledge with me and everybody else listening. Um, you're free to come back anytime you want, and I think uh, me and everyone else listening out there in the multiverse uh, are definitely now smarter and wiser because of this interview, so thank you. Thank you so much. It's been an honor and it's been a pleasure to work with you. I think you're amazing, and I think this is a great show to have out there right now. So thank you. keep rocking and rolling. Make it happen. All right. Will do. Thanks. Thank okay. I want to thank you all for listening to this latest episode of Messages from the Multiverse. This was Past Life Regression with Michelle Guzzi. If you wish to contact me, Ian R. Anderson, Certified Hypnotherapist, Certified Handwriting Analyst, and Master Facilitator of Therapeutic Imagery, you can email me at ian at hypnotropia.com. That's I-A-N at H-Y-P-N-O-T-R-O-P-I-A dot com. Or if you have suggestions, recommendations for any show topic or anybody who would make an interesting guest, you can email me at messagesfromthemultiverse at gmail.com. And you can visit my website at www.hypnotropia, that's H-Y-P-N-O-T-R-O-P-I-A dot com. New episodes of Messages from the Multiverse post every first and third Tuesday of every month. And sometimes when it happens, the fifth Tuesday of every month, it all really just depends on how the days line up. So basically every other Tuesday, starting from the first Tuesday of the month. And we are always looking for new guests, new interesting topics, new ideas, as well as music for the beginning and ending of the show. Just in case anybody knows of any up and coming musicians that you'd like to recommend please send that information to messagesfromthemultiverse at gmail.com. Until next time, honor and love yourselves, your fellow humans, and our planet. Be well.